You're listening to Dramas Over Flowers. This is an episode of The Long Yak with Saya, Anissa, and Boroma. Hi, I'm Anissa. This yak will squee and rant and try to wax eloquent about what we've been watching over the last month, plus our usual compliment of dad jokes. This podcast is a project for the fandom by the fandom. So if you want to help us out, you can do it in a lot of ways. You can share our episodes, talk about the podcast to friends who love dramas, leave a review on iTunes or the podcast app of your preference. All of that helps us grow. And if you want to help keep our lights on, you can check out patreon.com slash dramas over flowers. Finally, you can get in touch with us with your thoughts and ideas. We're always reading the comments on YouTube and Drama Beans. But you can also tweet at us at dramasoverflow or email us at dramasoverflowers at gmail.com. Enjoy the episode! Hi everyone, this is Saya. This is Anissa. And this is Parma. Welcome to the August Long Yak, where we talk about stuff we watched in August, I guess. (laughs) (laughs) But it's recording in September. And it's going to be published in September. Yeah. And we're all very stressed out because our sound isn't behaving. No, it is not. <laughs> all right. Anissa, you had, a, uh, you had something you wanted to talk about? Um, well, I just wanted to bring up something that is sort of related to our discussion about Mulan. In the, um, uh, you guys talked about it a couple of months ago. And then I, I sort of gave my own thoughts in the last uh, yeah. What's Up in Drama Land. Like pretty recently, that I, I don't know if um, y'all have been following the yeah, Hong yeah, Kong yeah. protests. It's a pretty amazing and sustained. I mean, it's one of the most amazing protests I've ever seen. Honestly, like the way that this, these people have just been like out there on the streets, and um, even like Treated the way the that police. they've been. Yeah. yeah, that has been really horrible. Like the way that police have been treating them has been really horrible. But they've just like kept going out there, and they've been making signs in um, using words in Cantonese that the police won't be able to understand because they speak Mandarin so that they're able to like get around like, yeah. So they're communicating their protests without having the police be able to like understand what they're saying, which is really cool. Um, But yeah, I wanted to just bring up that the Mulan, the the actress who plays Mulan, um, she posted something in support of the police in Hong Kong. Um, so that kind of became a, for boycotting a scandal Mulan. or like a, yeah. Yeah. I mean, I don't know if boycotting Mulan is the c- correct response here, but it definitely points back to, um, I think I brought this up or someone brought up how the way that they're kind of catering to mainland China yes, in their casting and in the, in like their production partners and, and it's become like a, yeah, it's become like a white Americans and mainland Chinese. And I know that the ethnic group that they're portraying in Mulan, I think is not supposed to be a main, like a Han Chinese ethnic group. But the fact that that is kind of the dominant narrative that they're sort of cooperating with becomes complicated. Yeah. So I don't know how to quite express what I'm trying to say here, but these are the issues that I was kind of concerned about when I heard about who was going to be making this movie and, and who was going to get to write it and all of that. So, I did notice that um, she wasn't the only sort of big name. There were uh, uh, like other celebrities. Um, I think like um, 
but like several celebrities came out in support of the Hong Kong police in in, in that way. Yeah, and I wonder if part of the backlash to this is because of how deeply the Asian American community um, identifies with Mulan, and also how how sort of invested the Asian American community has been in watching the protests in Hong Kong. I think it really resonates with a lot of Asian Americans. So I think for that reason, it was it became a big news story, particularly with her. But yeah, that's I just wanted to bring that up since it's kind of current and. Um, I think we'll keep our eye on this. We're definitely going to be following this story of Mulan. Mm, yeah, maybe we'll have more to add right. to it in the next What's Up in Drumland. I will do more reading next time. This is more like kind of off the cuff, but next time I will bring research and articles, I promise. Okay, so I guess we should start with the one that we're all watching, which is um, rookie historian Gu Heryoung, um, which we're all watching now, <laughs> thanks to Anissa's, like, very persuasive p- persuasion. <laughs> yes! Yeah, oh my god, everything about this show is just so delightful. I'm just, I'm like watching it, like clutching my uh, heart, going, like with this enormous grin on my face. It's just, oh. Yeah, I'm one episode behind this, so I'm not sure if things have gone angst, like sort of into angst town there. So there's a. Um, potentially angsty reveal at the end of episode 14, which I won't spoil. Um, is, I'm guessing it's something to do with somebody's parentage. Yeah. Nope. <laughs> <laughs> well, so one of you says yes and one of you says nope. I don't know what to make of that. <laughs> I mean... <laughs> but yeah, don't spoil. <laughs> yeah, I yeah. won't. I won't mention that. Um... But it's definitely going to throw a wrench in things next week. Probably. Well, one thing I consistently like about um, Goheryong is that both the drama and um, in the, the protagonist, they often go in unexpected directions. Like whenever you think that the drama is going to, I don't know, get sad. In Like for instance, when Goheryong was having her um, battle of wits with the king, I was expecting that to go in a certain direction when she was first like, you know, caught eavesdropping and the consequences of that I thought wait this is going in a mellow direction and then it just it turned into a battle of wits it was it's the drama is unexpected and seriously fun and Guirong herself like often you have um like she is not the naive heroines that we usually get in historical dramas she is very smart even when she wants to help there is a certain character at some point who's a runaway and she wants to help this runaway but she doesn't buy his sob story she thinks through what he said and even and and like the sob story is being told to the prince and the prince is like what do you both think because he's a sweetheart puppy and um is like you know maybe don't trust him this easily these are the the sort of like holes in what he just said she Mm -hmm. is so practical and she has shown herself to be practical repeatedly but still sort of honest and true to herself so just yeah i'm loving everything that reminds me of like how earlier on in the show like mm. she's got all of these great ideas she's like she's very pragmatic and thoughtful she has like she believes in justice and all of these things but like her practical knowledge of things isn't necessary it, it's not necessarily at, at the same place as her theoretical knowledge so she's always like encountering these situations and particularly like her first encounter with uh, the crown prince and uh, similarly like um, her encounters uh, early encounters with um uh, historian min uh, minuan like 
she'll have a particular ideal, but then it's challenged. And like she actually like takes on that challenge and and it makes her rethink her beliefs. And it's, it's just I love the way that she's allowed to grow and develop intellectually and you know, like all of that. It's it's such an amazing way to develop this this character. Why don't we have more of her? And also when I'm watching this, you know, like something I've always, always, always wanted ever since I started watching K-drama is like, can we have a, a Jane Austen adaptation like of in K-drama? And I'm watching this and I'm like, you don't need Jane Austen because if you've got this, this is like the Sagak answer to Jane Austen. It's like, it's, uh, it's that classic kind of... Um, the really smart heroine who's limited by the, uh, who who's um, caged by the limitations of her time, but she's also found her ways sort of, she's found her way to exist within those limitations at the best that she can be, and it's just like, oh, I like it so much. Yeah, and it's it's in some ways it's even better because she, they found a way to have her escape the strictures of her particular right. situation without marriage or having like a relative take her in and feel sorry for mm. her, you know, like she's kind of forging her own destiny, but then you do, you know, I didn't think of Jane Austen, but you, you, you do kind of have those like hilarious character moments um, with a lot of, like, cause one of the things I love about Jane Austen is there's a lot of um, really funny, but true to life tertiary mm. characters who really spice up the, the narrative and you have like you know young like chief historian young who's like <laughs> hilarious <laughs> he's really so is. great you know like <laughs> i just want to take a moment to appreciate what i'm calling the historian's revolt because it's one it of the best so things good. i've ever seen yes. in saga honestly the entire thing from beginning to end like the fact that they're all doing this as a pr- like on the matter of principle and how they're like basically willing to lay down their lives for something that is, um, I talked about this in my recap, but like the sense of history in this show is so interesting. And it's not something that I've seen in a saga. And I, I mean, I know that I don't watch a lot of saga, so maybe it's just that I haven't seen enough of them. Um, but it's so different to see a show that's taking place in history where the characters are also aware of their own history and who have a sense that they are, making history, but also that they're products of history. And so when he makes that speech about, um, you know, like the sacrifices of all the people who came before us and how precarious their position is as people who actually have a right to record and judge what the king is saying for future generations, basically, like that's the power that they have. And he's like, this is, this took hundreds of years. And if we step back now, like who knows, maybe it'll take another 50 or hundred years to reverse what is happening here. And so like, it's definitely worth sacrificing your life for and that was like i got goosebumps so amazing and also so relevant to things that we're dealing with today right? as a side note um i love uh Guherong's voice uh the actress sheen sekyong i don't remember her in any other role this is the first one but every time she speaks and i'm and i think it it part, partly it's her voice and partly it's because it's the um saguk way speech she has such a deep, measured voice. So when she delivers her monologues, it just, it it grabs my attention. I could hear her speak like she could do ASMR, and I would be 
that would be something <laughs> I would dish out money for. <laughs> she's not as good in modern stuff, yeah. but she has a perfect tone for Sagak, I think. Yeah, you don't remember her from other things that I think you have seen her in because she's not memorable. Mm. But I think um, all of her Sagak roles have but like I think she was also in, was it Rebel or one of the other? She was in Tree with Deep Roots, but she's silent in that, so you didn't get to really hear There's her voice. There's another Sagak she did shame. more recently. Um, it was either Rebel or the uh, other thing that. Oh, Six Flying Dragons? Oh, she was in it. I think that maybe. I, th- I think I think she was in Six Flying Dragons. Do you want me to quickly check? I'm checking. I'm checking. She was in the Bride of Habig, also apparently. That's a modern one. Yes, yeah, Six Flying Dragons. Yeah, and she ah. was in Queen Sunduk too. Right. So those are the roles that people do talk about her in. So I remember uh, in Six Flying Dragons that because I didn't watch that, but I kind of followed the fan reaction at the time, and everyone was like, sh- her character is amazing in that. And um, same in this, but like I've seen her also in like Girl Who Sees Smells, um, the other one, uh, Blade Man, um, and maybe oh Black Knight, and she's not memorable, not in in those modern ones. They're just uh, uh, yeah, I I didn't enjoy those dramas either. So yeah, and not only is her acting so good in this, which we should give her all the accolades, but I don't know, it's like the combination of her acting and this character mm-hmm. is just so. Yeah, <laughs> I just love it. Like, I just, I, I just really, you know how you were saying, Parma, how like the drama takes you places where you didn't think you were gonna go. Like, you think that a certain conflict is going in a particular mm-hmm. direction, and then, and like, I think a lot of that is a function of the way that Heiryang is written. Yeah, that you just don't like. She is not going to react to situations in the way that an a, like a typical heroine would, and so because. Like she's just she's just like upending all the drama tropes just by existing because she never occurs to her that she should like be quiet in the face of injustice or like not act according to her yeah. principles, and she's not naive. Like she knows that there's going to be consequences, but she doesn't want to disappoint herself by going against her own principles. Like that's what's the most important thing to her. Mm-hmm. And like for example, in another uh, another um, instance of her doing the unexpected thing like you know with the whole uh, uh, love line and romance and thing yes <laughs> i was like on, on the one hand i'm like okay you know can they have this romance and then as it goes on you're like actually it doesn't seem uh, to be a problem but then there's also that kind of that 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 tension where you know it's kind of like they both aren't and, and that, you know, that whole sort of very restrained, they both know how they feel, but they don't, you know, go anywhere with it. But then you're like, oh, and then she does. And you're like, oh, is this? Like, this is all that needed to happen. That, like, th- their conflict isn't that, like, you know, they're not star-crossed and can never be together kind of thing. There, obviously, there will be complications, and I'm sure that all sorts of birth secrets will come out and make things even more complicated. <laughs> but, like... The, the this like this part of their romance where they're just like they like each other and they respect yeah. each other and they care about each other and she can just be like it, it wasn't about um uh, oh does he like me doesn't he like me it's for her it's about well how do I feel about this and then she's like you know what actually I I think I I like him enough to to go to the next step and then she does and it's like it's so such a straightforward and direct way of doing things that it yeah. it feels really revolutionary and like this is how i want to live <laughs> yeah and it's also so in character 
No, her quoting that poem back to him, like finding the poem and then reading it and then like getting all teary eyed. And then he comes out and she just like quotes the poem back to him. That's it. Like, that's all they need. That's all of it right there. I was just like, this is my favorite love confession of all time. <laughs> I also, like I cry right now. <laughs> I like how um she usually takes the uh, initiative between the two of them. Like uh, there was a scene on the mountain where um they were holding hands and she oh, yes. told him a fib about <laughs> why she needed to hold his hand. And I love that later on she was like, you know, this is the, the, there is a time when I lied to you. Um I lied to you about why I needed to hold your hand. And <laughs> The prince was just standing there blushing and this, this all of this is totally in character. This makes... <laughs> the other thing I really like is that, like, with Herring, you would think that, like, her her natural taste would run to someone more like uh, the crown prince or uh, Minoan. Historian. Yeah. yeah, so either of those, you would, think, you would think that as a more natural pairing, but it's not. It's, like, it's little cute puppy prince. And you're just like... <laughs> I, I love this, that her being this sort of badass intellectual woman doesn't mean that she's going to make those ex- like the expected choices. She can love whoever she wants. And it's just like, it's, I just love how unexpected it all is. And also because yeah. you do buy it. Yeah. I mean, I, I remember early on in the drama, there I, I read some comments from viewers who were saying that like, I'm really worried because a lot of times, even with dramas that have their heroine's name in the title, the second half becomes usually about the hero. About the hero. And I mean, that happened with Beautiful Gongshim. It happened with, um, oh my God, why well, can't I remember the name of the Kim Jae-wook Park Min Young drama? Oh, Her Private Life. Yes. I mean, that was supposed <laughs> to be about her and it ended up being yeah. all about him, right? But in this one... Yeah, but you know what? The show has already set up this expectation that intelligence can trump melodrama here. Like, just because something is set up to be sad doesn't mean that that is where the thing is going to go. They have given us so many instances where things would have gone really bad, but because people were intelligent and patient and honest with themselves, they got through it. So I'm hoping that that is how the rest of the show goes because that is what's won my heart. Yeah, like, it's it's essentially not a tragic story. It is, it's like... A comedy in the what's it called sense. Yeah, I love that she is the one who's like saving people's lives and saving the historians, the entire office of royal decrees by going toe to toe with the king and defeating him yeah. with her smarts and all mm. of this. And meanwhile, Rim is just like making her lunch boxes of love <laughs> and like waiting around to feed her and like pining her about her and like dreaming about when they're gonna get married and live happily ever after. <laughs> It's so cute. Oh, it is. I only have one complaint, which I don't know if it's like, it's a very small complaint, but I I did feel that in the last, so like episode 13 and 14, or I guess um, if you're watching it on NBC, that's like 26 through 28. Let's stick with 13 to 14, please. (laughs) Yeah, I'm watching it on Netflix, 13 to 14. Um, But like the whole thing with like the foreign intruder... I feel like it was played a little too much for laughs, but also like they're asking us to be way too invested in this character when like we still don't know the backstory about, you know, the doctor and the Sorewan and all of that. Like, so it's hard to be invested emotionally, but then also it's so comedic when you know that like there's 73 people who might potentially be executed for being Catholic 
And that's just like kind of in the background and you're supposed to just like laugh. It's just a little weird. It's a little weird, especially because I think they did. It all becomes about Jean-Baptiste and you never see. I don't know. I do like that you have. Um, historian song who kind of anchors that story and for the Korean family. Uh, they by. had a moment with the crown prince, which I really appreciated when he heard that 73 people were going to be executed for being Catholic. And he knew how powerless he was. And he sent the messenger away. And yeah, I mean, you could see on his face that it was just like the worst thing for him, like 73 people who are his subjects and he can't protect them. And it's just, yeah. Right, but it's still about his pain, true. not their pain, true. right? That's true. No, I have appreciated that they've continuously made the point about the power imbalance between the people who are in power and the people who don't have power, like from the beginning of this drama, mm. and how much of what a historian does is trying to mitigate some of the damage that happens because of that imbalance of power. So I do appreciate that they're bringing it up in different ways. It seems like every week they bring it up in different ways. You know, like one of them was the smallpox. And then one here you have like about the religious suppression, which we know in Joseon, like you weren't allowed to have any type of belief system other than Confucianism. Mm. So I appreciate that. I just feel like them focusing it on the angst that the princes were going through and the angst that was being felt by this like random white dude from France <laughs> was a little bit, I feel like that got a little bit more screen time than like, uh, you know, historian Sung, who's not even facing the full brunt of anything because he got saved by men. He was able yeah. to slip away. Which yeah. made no sense, by the way, like the, these people, these soldiers went up against the uh, queen, the Dowager, uh, the Dowager, Dowager, how do you say that? Dowager. 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 They went up against the Dowager Queen, but uh, suddenly they couldn't um, uh, pat this dude. What's his name? Historian Min down? It's... That's because the his dad is the... Yeah, is I know, but I'm just... He got... The... Uh, anyway, never mind. I mean, for the sake of the story. Oh, that, that worked. Like, uh, I felt that that worked. Mm-hmm. Huh. But oh, one thing, one last thing I yeah. want to say before we do move on is that... I love this, uh, the, you know, like, Sukuks in general, they do, like, they tend, um, or at least the ones I've watched, they will pick an aspect, like, a historical aspect of, of the story of, of the time, and they will, uh, like, weave their story around that. So, like, in, in this case, it's um, historians. And, like, who knew, like, who of us would have known before that, that, there there was this role and that they had this function like you know just on cctv which is great by the mm. way but like i just really because i remember um and of course everything i learned about korean history clearly is from dramas um <laughs> you know the queen uh in queen inyan's men where they have the annals that yeah. uh, kim bongdo is always yeah. checking to see what happened and it's like i was watching that and i was like oh so this is where the annals come from so, like, that idea that they had this daily recording of all of the, uh, you know, the meetings and the uh, happenings in the palace and all of that. And then from that, that's formulated into these historical chronicles. And it's, like, it's so it's interesting. Really. I mean, because, like, as a, just as a nerd in general, I just, I find I find that whole aspect so fascinating. Like, um, for example, in um, Saimdang, Light's Diary, which nobody watched but me, that it's about paper making in warrior Pegdongsu, it's about uh, ginseng um and it's like it's it's one of those things that comes up in every saga and yeah. i just i find it so so interesting 
Before we move on to the next drama, I just there's this one relationship that I just wanted to mention because I'm not sure where it's going right now. It's between the Crown Prince Yi Jin and um, the Brookie historian um, Song Sahi, the one who we know is kind of a double agent, but also she has a sense of honor, so it's a bit of a mixed bag. So um, I like that she's forming a sort of a loyalty, a sort of a bond of loyalty yeah. with the Crown Prince, and he is starting to trust her. He certainly seems to value her. But on the other hand, and, and I think the I think in the next because from what I saw of the preview, it seemed to be that the next few episodes might test her loyalty. So that would be interesting to watch. I'm actually really hoping that this doesn't get into. I initially I was shipping the two of them, but when the crown princess made an appearance and her story is actually pretty poignant. I mean, even though they're not focusing on it, it's actually pretty. Sad, her, yeah, her relationship with the crown prince. Sad. I'm also partially rooting for yeah. that to get better. So I'm, I'm really hoping nothing develops here now. So I'm a bit torn. Yeah, I just want second state councillor men to get knocked off somehow, <laughs> so that like his children can be yeah. happy. Oh god, he has made stop both of his kids doing horrible things. Yeah, because like the only reason the crown prince can't trust his wife is because of her father, and if he yeah. were not in the picture then it would be different. Like, maybe he could actually have a relationship with his wife and allow himself he seems to. to have a, he seems to have sympathy for her plight. It's not like he doesn't but he understand what he's coming he can't afford to trust her all the yeah. same. Yeah. yeah, but that happening in the background makes me not want to root yeah. for him with Sai anymore. Yeah, exactly. So my, I kind of stopped rooting for them, but I'm hoping that this is that particular, this particular subplot is more about Sahi's loyalty to the crown prince versus to the second state uh, dude, or even more importantly, her loyalty to the Office of Royal Decrees oh, yeah. and her like, and her fellow apprentices and her sons. And don't you feel like like, like Sai is so much her own woman that she, she is right? You're right. Like I can't see her choosing any of those other things before her own values. Not even the. Which is also why the spying doesn't really make sense to me when she's like openly defying her father's schemes. Of corruption, but then, but then, like behind the scenes, she's spying for I counselor feel, men. I just I don't. Feel I don't that get she's that. She's doing that in a calculated way, and if when push comes to shove, she's going to have to make a choice about what to report to him and what not to. And I do feel that she will not side with him in the end. No, oh, fingers crossed. Because I like her character a lot. Yeah. Um, okay. Let's move on to the next one. Now. Yeah. <laughs> what is the next one? Oh, it's Love Alarm. All right. Oh, it's you. Um, okay, guys, I, I have to. So I went into this because the concept was kind of silly. And I, I thought it was kind of horrible in a way. I've, uh, so um, say you and I have an app and we have it turned on, like we turn on our GPS. And if I have a crush on you, then it uh, lets you know if I'm in the vicinity within like a certain distance and that's awful. Like they, they show it that it's an intentional thing. Like if you want to hide your crush, you can just keep it turned off. But if you want to let your crush know, then you turn on your app and if they have theirs on, then you ring their love alarm. That has become like a phrase in the drama. So anyway, the concept was cutesy, but also I, I, there seem to be so many moral dilemmas there. 
that I was like, <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> Terrifying. Terrifying. So I was like, how are they going to do this? Well, they mostly ignore the moral dilemmas, of course. Of but course. also, they don't have the entire season down. I mean, I started watching the first episode and I was like, I'm going to watch the, you know. Yeah, can we take a moment week. to complain about uh, Netflix's oh, model Netflix. of chopping dramas in oh. half and then calling them two seasons? Oh. Uh, Okay, so Arsenal Chronicles. Man, what the hell are they doing? It's been months. Yeah, I've already forgotten what happened in the first part. And there, there are two more parts left. It's not like the drama's doing so well anyway. It, and the, and it will not be doing any better now that they have decided that, hey, forget about the first part. Literally forget about it. And then when the second part comes, <laughs> I don't know what... Their, their views are going to fall. Given the amount of money they spent on Arsenal Chronicles, shouldn't they have just done These better? These shows are designed... It's such a baffling decision. The, the shows are short anyway. They're designed to be a single story. It doesn't make sense to cut them in half. Yeah, exactly. But it's not like it, it's not like it was written as if it can be two parts. I mean, this particular one. And then you had another drama uh, sometime back that was My First First Love. And that was chopped yeah, in two halves. And too. again, not a drama that mm. was structured in, in, in a way that can be divided into two seasons. It's just randomly chopping something up so weird so like when it's broadcast uh did um is uh no it wasn't was it was uh asadal broadcast on actual tv in korea I think it was. Like, did it get a domestic broadcast or was no it no they were definitely only? broadcast uh, domestically because I, I was reading the ratings the tv ratings uh, for Arthur chronicles so oh, okay. which is why it's it's weird they have so has it has it paused its airing like to, to be so fair, weird. though, Arthur Chronicles was actually um, uh, like created to be a three-part uh, thing. It's not as if like that was just chopped up randomly. But even but so, it's too I long. Mean, between well, the seasons. it just doesn't make sense. <laughs> yeah, just like release it weekly. Yeah, why are you ruining something that works in order to fit it into a paradigm that doesn't work and that people hate? Yeah. I don't know. Okay, so Love Alarm. Um, it's a cutesy story. It's um, it's got our uh, what's her name? The actress Kim Soo Hyun. Yeah. Yeah, Kim Soo Hyun. Yeah, yeah, you're right. So it's got Kim Soo Hyun, whom we like, whom we didn't like in Radio Romance, but we like her when she's you know playing a character closer to her own age. And she's about seventeen, eighteen here. And then I, there is a time jump, and she's like college aged. So you know, at no point is she like trying to be someone who's like half a decade older than herself she does gravitas well so and and the situation her character is in is a very cinderella type of situation so it works um but uh, there is this one thing that i really like about her character is that even though her situation is hard and her family is unsupportive and often cruel if she sees an opportunity to have something for herself that's good and will make her happy she will have it even if like other people around her, like her family's pressuring her not to or trying to guilt her not to. She's not going to be self-sacrificing. So I like that about her until one point when she was suddenly like, no, you know what? Self-sacrificing is better. <laughs> and then she does a noble idiocy <laughs> thing, which ruins something that was actually super adorable about the drama. And then, yeah, I kind of lost my interest right there. And then, um, and then the <laughs> drama kind of ended. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And I was like... I can't, I, I don't want to use a swear word here, but 
there is a swear word in my brain right now real hard one okay um okay so the two boys uh though i have never seen uh, song kang in anything he's super cutesy and most likely the main lead and uh, his character is one of those sort of sphinx type uh male leads you know like you don't know what they're thinking but they are mm. super charismatic and even honest and really sweet at certain points so great but not a lot of character development there but yeah i mean like uh, during romantic scenes between the two characters it was like whoa chemistry well done yay um and then you have the second lead who's uh, uh, who's played by jangaram um again another boy haven't i i i don't remember him from anything but this boy he's got he's got a clear character arc and um if i watch this drama when whenever the second season drops it'll probably be just for his arc i want to see what they do with his character because he is like the typical second lead who got a second chance with the heroine because things didn't work out with the main pair so now he's come in and he's actually developing a relationship he's dating the heroine and you want to see where that goes you want to know what happens does he get the girl or does the supposed main lead get the girl but but i want to know what happens with his character cuz this is not like one of those situations where um the second lead kind of like shoehorns his way in he doesn't do that like when he sees that something is happening with the main pair he just backs off he he tries to make things as as not awkward as possible so he's a good guy boy after our own hearts yeah, yeah like seriously I, i could i could seriously watch his story with a lot more interest again yeah so like whenever this thing drops i don't know in january maybe seeing how long they take dropping these seasons i'll see maybe i'll watch it for him at least a couple of episodes to see question, where this thing is going <laughs> does kim sean still do that head tipping thing and the eyebrows uh oh yeah absolutely of course she does trademark <laughs> i just i can't i just, once i noticed it i just couldn't stop seeing it and i was just i can't that's not you know no yeah she does but you know what i just i generally like her just i like her i uh, her, her like the characters that she plays and to be fair my favorite character of hers is still i hear your voice like the kid from i hear your voice i just she could not yeah. top that mm. or at least she hasn't topped that but there was that no yet. romance for her no romance that. but so, mm. so she didn't have to do any head tipping and eyebrow yeah. raising so i think she's improved though like at least in this one the the few romantic situations that were there because it's more a teenage romance thing and it was kind of done really sweetly like it's awkward but sweet and she's done a good job of being like a teenager with a crush so yeah mm. no i i, I like her yeah we'll have to wait for the yeah. if see. i do watch this i'm going to wait until the whole yes, season yes dude the frustration that i felt <laughs> when i reached the end i was like where's the rest of it what <laughs> and you were like not prepared for this nobody warned me <laughs> Oh. Now you know. <laughs> Always be wary of Netflix. Yeah. All right. So next is so, Anissa's thing. Yeah, so I I just actually started yesterday because Rookie Historian is literally the only thing I've been watching. Um but yesterday I was like, let me just start one new drama and then I remembered that Mellow is my nature premiered in August and I had been really excited for that. This is also known as Mellow Suits Me, Be Mellow Dramatic. Um but I think Mellow is my nature is kind of like the closest to the literary translation of the title and it really fits 
It's a very fitting title um, because all three of these heroines, I mean, I guess one of them is technically the heroine, but their stories are pretty equally distributed, which I like. They've had very um, dramatic lives. (laughs) They are very dramatic people. They work in the drama industry and film industry. But it gives me like a, I really like it. It gives me like a little bit of an age of youth vibes because it's very focused on like female friendships. And it also has kind of, you know, in age of youth, we had the dark Mm. secret that was in one of the characters past that was kind of, we thought it was like the house was haunted, but it was more like a figurative haunting of the ghosts of their sort of their past. So in this, like they're similarly, something in the past of one of them that has caused her a lot of trauma and that she's still not quite finished dealing with the after effects of. And you could also call it like a ghost is haunting her too, in a way. Um, And the other two, and uh, you know, like they've, this group of friends have kind of just all moved in together after, you know, the bad thing that happened. And so because of that, it also gives me a little bit of age of youth lives, but like they're 30, they're around 30. They're, you know, they don't quite have their lives together, but they're working. They're trying to figure out what to do. One of them um, has a, she's a single mom because like she fell in love with this trash human being when she was in college and he left her with baby to raise. So she's trying to like make ends meet in a really very difficult job because basically she works for a PPL company Um, And she's the one that basically has to go to the set and force the director to include the product (laughs) in the shot. And he's usually like, get out of my face. You're ruining my art. Like, so poor thing. Like she is the one who gets yelled at for this. And that's like, stay up all night waiting for their scene to to come. And then like forcing the, whatever the jelly pop or whatever into the shot that, or like the fried chicken, you know? So it's, it does a really good job of portraying the harsh realities of life, but in a way that's so funny, like it's dark, but it's darkly funny in the way that real life is. Because sometimes you go through these situations in life where like everything is so horrible that the only thing you can do is make a joke about it. So it is, it is kind of dark in that way, but for some reason it doesn't feel, I don't know. It doesn't feel, it doesn't make you feel depressed. It's because it's so funny and the friends love each other so much Aww. and they're so like ready to just go to the mat for each other. So I, I really like it so far. I think from what you've described, this sounds like more of a traditional K-drama female friendship story. Like we've had, uh, this is our first life or age of youth, for instance, where you have had like three or more female characters who are friends and the stories do explore their friendship. What is it like watching one of these dramas after watching Search WWW? <laughs> It's not quite as radical as Search WWW because these three women are not in a position of power. They've all kind of been dealt some pretty serious blows. I mean, one of the characters does remind me of Scarlet in the sense that she's not as cute as she is because (laughs) no one is. Um, But she literally is like willing to threaten violence if someone crosses her. And it's like a sort of in the same way as with... Chahyun, it's like in the face of injustice, especially against her friends, she's like willing to beat someone up or like chase down this this jerk that has like screwed over her best friend, stuff like that. So she does remind me of her in that way. And I think the also the other thing that kind of reminds me of Search WWW is that like the dialogue is very sharp. It's very 
mm. writerly. It sort of almost reminds me a little bit of Romance the Bonus Book too, because it's like a writer's like a drama. Movie. So some of the stuff that, yeah, like the voiceovers can get a little bit much because I'm like, okay, like you're being a little <laughs> bit too philosophical right now, but it's also being narrated by the main character who is a drama writer. So, so like, going to be like <laughs> okay, you know, it's a little bit indulgent in that way. Yeah. But it's, it's, you know, like we would enjoy that kind of stuff. So, and there's a lot of inside the drama industry stuff that like, you know, we enjoy that because we watch so many shows. <laughs> the whole idea of the PPL thing is just like, wow, I never thought that was an actual job. That's really interesting. She's also working, in the beginning of the drama, she's working for this um, really famous drama writer as her assistant writer, who's like kind of a jerk, but she's like super successful. So the assistant writers just have to like do whatever she says. Um, but they're like, oh, like the way she writes things is a little bit old fashioned. So like, I liked how I was like wondering if they're poking fun at a particular very famous drama writer, or if it was just like a commentary on the industry, but that was fun. Her dynamic with that drama writer is hilarious. Yeah, it's just the, the chemistry of the actors is really good. Not just, not necessarily the romantic chemistry, but just like as a group, they really play well off each other. The dialogue is really well written. So does it have any significant romances? So one of them is Mourning, a past romance. The single mom maybe might start getting... Well, I'm pretty sure that her new Hubei at work is going to be her love interest. plays by Kong, Kong, Kong Myung. Um, why would they cast Kong Myung if it wasn't for a significant role, right? Like, so is that going to be like a, a mini Nuna romance? I guess so, yeah. Um, and then the main... <laughs> The main heroine, or like the one who's kind of telling the story, her love interest seems to be, I don't remember his name right now, but the second lead, or not the second lead, but like the best friend um, and the half of the secondary couple in Fight My Way. He is kind of a jerk in this, but he's an interesting jerk. I don't know. He's like a very, I don't, I can't get a read on him as a character. So, but they clearly like have a thing for each other already, you can tell. So... Um, but they meet in a work situation. He's a director, and he, yeah, I won't say any more. But, but it's very, it's very interesting. I'm definitely going to keep watching it. It's, I think it's very much up our alley. So I still have to watch Search WWW. Oh my God, woman, <laughs> go watch it. What are you doing? There are only so many hours in the day. Well, you know what I thought I would do is I thought, well, okay, New York need to have some new shows. So, um, last night, um, you know, I watched it ended last week. So CN's got a new one, you know, um, Hell is Other People that, uh, has one episode out. So I was like, okay, I'm going to get in there with my first episode, like, you know, um, your first impressions and whatnot. <laughs> I, I started playing it and 10 seconds in I was like this is scary I'm going to bed goodbye so <laughs> that that's how that ended yeah so I don't have really the courage to watch that either <laughs> it didn't seem like it was going to be that kind of creepy supernatural type of drama because remember when we uh, previewed it and we were like uh, you know this just sounds like bad neighbors and and weird people but this is like weird phantom zombie things i don't know if it will be because as i say you know at the beginning of the drama where they have that thingy screen the what's it called oh, what do you call that screen you know the yeah yeah, yeah yeah you know it's not the actual drama it's the rating and the things like that um so that screen and in that it was like it had this really creepy ghosty vibe and i was like this it doesn't look like what i signed up for so then I was like, okay, I'll, I'll just stick. It might be horror in the same way. Um, Hotel de Luna is horror. No, but that's not horror, horror. Is... in the same way at all. There are 
some that's a fantasy romance moments. so before we move on to that show though i just want to um just want to mention about the show that like it stars chun who is the main person i haven't seen her in anything but i really like her so far and the other two friends are played by jun yobin and han jian um and the love interest for the main for chun is and his name is an Hong. i couldn't remember his name earlier oh that's the fight my way guy yes Oh, yeah, um, and yeah, it's written and directed by uh, Lee Byung-hun, not the actor Lee Byung-hun, but the writer and director Lee Byung-hun, who's done like a lot of movies, but I don't think he's done much TV, but he did like uh, Extreme Job, uh, 20, so he's done more, he's done more was that, films. that Kim Ubin film? 20, 20 was Kim Ubin, I think, and yeah, Jun-ho. Okay. Yeah. Um, Extreme Job made a ton of money last year, or this year, and I, I haven't seen it yet, but I heard it was really good, so... Yeah, and it is very, it's very cinematic, like you can tell. And yeah, like chun is normally a film actress as well, so she's done lots of films and not so many dramas. That's right, she did, she's done more films. Yeah, she did Argon last, you know, with um, Kim ji in 2017 before he passed away. Oh, right, so, yeah, I still haven't seen that. Very worth seeing, but not when you're depressed. Cause it's, she's really good, she's she really, really able good. to carry off someone who might be unlikable, that's another thing that I like about this is that none of the heroines are immediately like super candy and likable. And it made me think of your piece that you wrote, Saya, for for Drama Beans about um, prickly women heroines that most yeah that maybe most people don't like. But it it does have that element of like women who aren't afraid to show their sharp edges to each other and to the world. And I like that. This is definitely one to watch. I think mm. yes, put it on your list. Okay. I was moving on to what the great show, which uh, is is my contribution for new stuff. Um, great show opened last week, so it's only two episodes so far. I'm probably the only one enthusiastic about the fact that Samsung on is back. <laughs> Everyone else is like, yeah, hand towel. Um, no, I mean I like him. He's I my princess gave me a lot of affection for oh, I think him. My princess is the only drama I didn't really like him in. Because I mean, I've I kind of oh, really? I've been I've seen him post. Well, he went to army ages ago, but post um Saim Dung, uh, everything he's done since Saim Dung I've watched. But um, then I went back and watched my princess for uh, I can't remember why it wasn't because of him. I think it's because my sister was watching. And I was like, oh well, let's just see. And yeah, the, you know older rom-coms are so slow and you're just like falling asleep in the middle and they have those classic second leads which you really just oh that drama had zero plot it was all about the music and the chemistry <laughs> of the two leads yeah i should have watched it at speed that's and how true. pretty everything but anyway was. that's not the show we're talking about sorry um <laughs> so the great show is really actually very fun it's uh you've got Sung Sung An who is this failed politician like he loses an election and then he like sinks into deep obscurity to the extent where he's like just make barely making ends meet by be- uh, being a designated driver but he's still like he's he's this really interesting character because he's like desperate to stay relevant um so he's always going around doing sort of these not publicity stunts, but he's always trying to, like, he's always, like, keeping his name up, even if it's just going to the market. And when he's doing his shopping, he's just, like, talking to everyone like he's more important than he is. And so it's kind of sad in in a really funny way. Like, he, he does this really well. He's, like, there's this, uh, what is it? So, so his circumstances are pretty, like, you know, poor. But the way he goes about 
um, the way he maintains his dignity is by not having any dignity. He's just being completely shameless, but in a really, like, funny way. And and Sun Tzu-an is really good with, like, um, humor, I find. Like, his his comedic um, delivery is really enjoyable. Um, and then uh, he's accosted by this kid who, at first, um, she doesn't reveal like the the th- the premise of the show which is that um uh, he he's meant to be her dad like yeah i came here to look for my dad and he's like oh you know you're you're such a great kid i'm sure he would be like overjoyed to meet you and then to himself he's like he's like except when he finds out it's him <laughs> i feel sorry for that guy <laughs> and he's like i would love to see his face oh, when he finds out he's got this kid <laughs> he gets his wish it's so funny and it's like she's not one kid she's like a package like one of four so she she goes she's got a stepbrother um and she's got two half uh, uh, a, a pair of twins who are her half siblings so um, her mother died, her uh, stepdad ran away, and now these kids are just left alone in the world. So she's in a pretty desperate situation as well. So yeah, everyone in this show is pretty desperate, and it all comes together in a really, really hilarious way, which is also very poignant, though, as well, because like as much as the you know a lot of the things that happen when they're sort of all smooshed together is played for laughs, there's also that sort of undercurrent of sadness in there as in none of these kids have anywhere to go he's not able to take them in mm. and it's just it's it's very funny i think um you know like with my fellow citizens it's got this strong my fellow citizens vibe as well um you know the way the uh young jungkook is like a total con man and a showman so sung Sung-an is and also a marshmallow yeah exactly <laughs> so sung yeah. also he's a complete like a brilliant showman but um, the interesting thing is that what he's like inside is better than he is on the outside, if that makes sense. Like he's actually a better person mm-hmm. than he is, uh, than he appears to be. Because oh, the part of his whole um, failed election thing was that he had uh, the scandal happened when his dad died, and this is his dad who abandoned him when he was a kid, and so he got labelled with this um, like. Uh, um, what is it called? Uh, uh, like, Unfilial. Yeah. So, and and it's yeah. a label that's stuck to him that he can't get rid of because that's you know like the uh, cardinal sin in Confucian culture, right? It's like that's the worst thing you can be. Um, and he just there's no way for him to shrug this off, and he just does not make a comeback from that. So like these kids like burst into his life, and it's suddenly like he gets this idea, and. I feel like it will be cooperative, like we haven't got there yet, but like going forward, I think it will be a kind of exchange because the girl, the one who's uh, his uh, daughter, her name is, Ta- the character's name is Ta Jung, she seems like the kind who would be who'd be quite pragmatic about that, like she doesn't require that he love her and accept her and all of that, but she just needs like somewhere for her and her siblings to, um, you know, be safe and be looked after. So I feel like this it will be like a big scam for all of them, but they're all in it together. That sounds really fun. adorable and heartwarming. Yeah, I'm really looking forward to the rest of it. I didn't expect... I wasn't even sure if I was going to watch it. I just I picked it up to write an opening week review of. And as I watched it, I was like, you know, it's actually really, really sweet and surprisingly moving. And I'm, I'm going to stick to it. I like it. Nice. I did read some of your review and I was like, this looks good. But then I thought if I only have time to watch two episodes, maybe I should watch something that you haven't watched. A good so idea. Can, good idea. So what yeah, did you pick? Bring, bring another. 
That was that was be melodramatic. Right. That was yeah. That was mellow with my nature, which I don't regret. It's because it's really good. Both sound like really good. So drama. what have we got next? Oh, it sounds like what we've got next is really good too. We have a moment of eighteen. Yeah, it's actually really really good. And before I get into the drama itself, I want to talk about the screenwriter. So you, do you guys know who 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 this is? She's the one who wrote Girls Generation 1979 and she wrote Master of Study. I just I love her writing. Master of Study was not like the best written thing ever, but there was a cohesiveness to her writing that I I just generally liked the plot structure really well. And Girls Generation 1979 is mm. like one of my top favorite dramas. So Moment at 18, I was expecting this to be I wasn't sure what because the when we were discussing um this as an upcoming the synopsis wasn't super clear on what this was it's kind of seemed like a coming of age three sort of lonely students or you know like students with issues meet each other and their lives change that's about all they said and it is that but it is also so much more it's I can't explain it. The story in it if if I try to tell you what the story is going to sound super predictable. There are two teenagers who fall in love. There is a third teenager who's in love with one of the main characters and uh, he's jealous and he does jealous things. But it's not just that. Each of these characters have their own arcs, their own motivations that's completely separate from the other the the classmates and they are full characters. The girl the um, uh, female protagonist here I've, she's like the most adorable thing kim hyungi she she plays this character yusubin and yusubin is she's a very dedicated hard working cheerful girl she has her core group of friends who are loyal to her and she's loyal to them and she doesn't she doesn't hold grudges she doesn't she's generally honest she just but the thing is that her mother is like a seoul university graduate and she wants her daughter to be that as well but yusubin is extremely self aware she knows that she is smart enough to do well in her class and she is one of the uh, you know like she's a very good student in class but not the top and she knows that there is a limit to how much she can do and her mother is like well this is because you are you are your studying on your own you refuse to take tuitions like go to these excellent mm. tutors that i'm getting you and yusubin simply refuses to she's like mom i don't want to live that life i don't want to constantly be going from school to tuitions and back let me do it myself let me and she's a very hard working studious girl it's not like she's trying to you know run off to i don't know play with her friends but her mother is so intensely focused on getting her daughter the best education the best career angle the best start to the rest of her life that she's ignoring her daughter's very wise words when she says that mom i'm not as smart as you i'm not geared towards the kind of life that you want for me let me do well on my own get to places through my own merit and uh, Yeah so that's I I love that I I love that that's her core conflict and then you have these other two boys uh you have um Ong Seung-woo playing Chae Jin-woo and Chae Jin-woo is again another uh, somewhat like very silent uh, sort of a mysterious type of character initially and then you realize it's not that he is silent it's that he is diffident but also he is very he feels like saying stuff in his own defense doesn't work out very well so he's just not going to say anything and when he does speak up he's shushed so he just 
it's not like he'll give in to other people accusing him of stuff it's not that mm-hmm. but he thinks things through and if he thinks that it's not worth the moral battle like he can come out winning at the end but it would be a moral loss then he simply won't fight the battle and he will not explain his thinking to anyone so it leaves everybody very confused about why he decided what he decided but the audience can see what his thought process is and you're going along the story with him and you're supporting him so it's automatically he is a really lovely character to follow and finally um this this actor is um i'm really surprised by him so this is uh, shin seong ho who's playing mahu young and mahu young is your traditional um second lead who's jealous of the male first lead is it wants to date the female first lead all of that stuff yes but also mahu young is so complex he's he is a top student he is well liked by everybody his parents are super powerful so he has a lot of power in the school but he is kind of like a benevolent dictator so if you asked his classmates they would all describe mahu young as like the super helpful guy who you know takes time out of his own schedule to help his classmates do well in his class but if you watch him long enough you see that he does a very careful balancing act so that he's controlling many of the uh, people in his class including some of the teachers and even the principal it's fascinating to watch this character he's a teenager he's 17 or 18 years old he has a lot of pressure from his parents so you also see his motivation and he becomes more fleshed out but the conflict between him who's like perfect on the outside but super imperfect on the inside and our main lead um, Cho Jun-woo who's imperfect on the outside comes from a poor background doesn't score very well was forcefully transferred from his last school so all the parents are like our kid shouldn't hang out with him but he's kind of amazingly wise and mature on the inside it's it's the juxtaposition of these two characters is is fun to watch because i mean while chojun woo's story is very interesting and you're you know you want he's an underdog so you're rooting for him and you're waiting for him and um you sub in to you know like they like each other you're waiting for their confession you're waiting for them to you know like have their teeny romance i mean you know the thing hey, very cute it is actually he's super cute but um that that's excellent but the uh, edge that comes into the drama is from shin seong ho's character you're waiting to watch how he reacts to choi jun woo's choices because he can't figure this character out it's not it's not within his world view he understands transactions he understands favors he doesn't understand the choices chojun woo is making so it's it's fascinating uh, the actor playing the second lead role shin seong ho i first saw him in this uh, web series um called uh, 18 uh it was a 2018 uh web series oh that's right you were recommending it on a couple of years ago is we all know uh, shin ye yun by now like she uh, did the she was the main lead in uh, he's psychometric okay so she's the heroine in this no she's she's not the heroine in this mm-hmm. i'm i'm coming this there's a uh, point i'm trying to make so she was an 18 as well and i i was just trying to figure out where the various character because there are six um, actors in 18 uh, the friend co-friend group and from what i can see four of them are already starring in like proper big budget production so this like 18 was kind of like the stepping stone for them to proper mainstream dramas 
and so this boy is kind of amazing i when when i saw him in 18 he was playing this dumb jock type of character he's not exactly dumb he's smart but he's very quiet doesn't say much and doesn't emote much and i didn't actually think that he had any acting range i thought he was a very limited sort of a but no apparently that he was really playing a character because in love alarm his character is somewhat same he's again this jock who's you know he, he's more physical than he is smart he plays like and then in this one in moment at 18 he's this really smart boy he's a really smart boy with a lot of insecurities and the actor clearly has like a deep range so he's somewhat we we will probably be seeing a lot of in the future nice all right Okay, so well, speaking of speaking of benevolent dictators in Class of Lies, we have a malevolent dictator. Dictator. So um, it's not. Um, I've you know I feel all written out because I've been everything I'm watching this month I've been writing about as well. So I kind of just want to say to everyone, just go and read my reviews and my recaps because <laughs> like all of my thoughts have been used up. Um, Class of Lies. Um, I talked uh, about the premise last. month um not a lot left to say about it because i'm all written out you've still got uh yun kinsang being smug which is like the best yun kinsang um because stuff is like finally going his way the show is a little bit weirdly paced so it's like it, it does some weird things like uh stuff happens and it happens off screen and you're like oh that's weird but i think they're just trying to cram a lot in um it's still a really good watch um it's not deep um you can just sort of whiz through it very superficially and just enjoy it that way there's not like there's not a huge deal beneath the surface pretty much everyone is all of the students are really despicable which is great because it makes them really fun watching i don't usually enjoy that but in this show everyone is terrible and i love it but that's probably as much as i've got to say it's got one week left to go and yeah it's it's very enjoyable but not like complex but um another new show which just started um it's actually been about 3 or 4 week 3 weeks now maybe 4 um it started just mm-hmm. after uh we recorded our last right okay um welcome to life which is rain's new drama the parallel worlds one which we previewed i think last month um This is this is fun. I like this one. So again, I wrote an opening week review of this. So go read the review. So you have Rain, who is this kind of uh, he's this hotshot, high flying lawyer who's traded in his conscience uh, in exchange for a cushy life because why not? Um, so he he spends his days defending like the scumbags of the universe, which is you know a good way to make big money. and he just doesn't let it get to him even though like there are these points where you can see that he thinks that the people he's defending are scum he's just like well this is my job and and he's good at it so he keeps on going um but then he like he reaches a turning point when like something really bad happens and like he played a part in allowing this uh, a murder to to happen um and that really like it it shakes him and he just has a a, a crisis and she's like everything crashes down and he's like i can't do this anymore so he's on the way to turning um all of his scummy 
our uh, clients in. And then he gets hit by not one truck of doom, but two. So <laughs> which is like like a first. Um, <laughs> so like one car knocks like knocks him off the road, and the other one like smashes him to pieces. Um, wow. <laughs> right. No, my, my expectations have been subverted now. Immunity. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, one isn't interesting anymore. You've got to keep things exciting. So, yeah, it's two. Maybe the second one is the one that knocks him into the parallel life because he wa- he wakes up and he's in a totally different world and he thinks he's, like, you know, just in, in his normal life until, like, his uh, ex-girlfriend from three years ago walks in, uh, like, wearing very little and he's like, whoa, what are you doing here? Um, and, and then it all begins. And it's great because, like, there's this whole, uh, like, uh, a whole episode of just shenanigans of like what is happening why are all of these people they just why <laughs> why is this woman here who is this tiny <laughs> kid who's fighting in my face to wake me up and it's really funny um but um it's kind of have you guys watched life on mars in any version no okay so like similar premise uh, or not similar premise but similar a sort of thing um where he wakes up um after a, a major accident and finds himself in a in like a parallel world and different life except in this case also sounds like familiar uh, oh yes i like, guess although i i have another wife yes to know. but that's the opposite he is married to her and then he wakes up in another reality oh where yeah he's that is the opposite and it's devastating oh yeah. right 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 yeah so here he wakes up married to his ex with a child, and he's not a lawyer. He's a very lowly uh, paid prosecutor, uh, lowly prosecutor with like peanuts of pay in a department that uh, is like barely part of anything. He's just basically a reject in his life. I mean, this is like, yeah, I'm I'm really enjoying it. I find it really fun. Um, but I like it does have a, a little bit of sort of gravity running below the surface, which is that um. Like, you you do, like, in his uh, normal life, you can see all of the points where he's having these thoughts about, like, like you can see he doesn't like what he's doing, but he just sort of per- deliberately closes his eyes to it and carries on anyway. And you get the sense that this life is the life, uh, is a result of all of those choices being made slightly differently. So this is the life he would have had mm. if he'd made the better choices in in his other life. But, like, because he thinks this is, like, all a dream, like, he lives it differently. It's like he lives... Because on one level, it's like he thinks there aren't consequences because it's all a dream, so mm. it doesn't matter what I do. So he just does... It. Like, it's it's really great to see him using all of his inside knowledge from the other side, from his other life, to sort of take down the bad guys on this side. It's really fun. I, I do recommend it. I'm, I'm about a week and a half behind on it, but I'm really enjoying it. Yeah, if I hadn't been traveling with bad internet during most of August, I definitely would have started watching this, but such is life. Well, think of it this way. By the time you have time to watch it, all of it will be out and you can binge it. (laughs) (laughs) Which will be when? Next summer? (laughs) Probably will be next summer. I'm actually not being hyperbolic at all. (laughs) But anyway. Yeah. Let's not talk about my sad graduate school life. So next is Hotel Del Luna, which is so close to the end. And there are just two episodes left. Uh, One of them has already aired. I watched it till 14. And as far as I can tell, most of the conflicts have been resolved. There is only just one major conflict. And we already kind of know the answer to it. So I'm not sure what they plan on doing through 15 and 16. (laughs) 
<laughs> but um, I, I, I have not. I, I was. I started off like last time I was talking about this drama. I was a little disappointed with um, uh, what's his name, Eugene Goo's acting, like in the initial episodes. But again, around the ep- episode four or five ish, he he found his footing. And after that, though, I I was I I was really happy with him. It's he really got into the character. His chemistry with IU just got better and better. Possibly because he's playing the younger character in this pairing. Like IU just emanates more wisdom. She is older than him anyway, I think, but she just does the older character thing better. And one of the um, ongoing um, tracks between these two is that Eugene Goo is. Kind of like, you know how you have that Hollywood um, trope uh, where the heroine uh, runs into danger and the hero keeps having to come and save her, even though he's yes. probably told her to sit safely somewhere. She's like, <laughs> no, must be dumb and run into danger anyway. So uh, Eugene Goo's character does that a lot. So he's he's the damsel in distress. <laughs> he's the damsel in distress. No, he, he, he's it. not. He's not stupid about it. He he knows. He always like weighs the danger. But he's a very he's an honest, honest sort of character, and he wants to do good. So if he thinks that there's an opportunity to do good, he will put himself in the path of danger. But only because he's always so sure that Jang Manol is going to come and save him. That's so cute. Every point, like even when she is, she is the one putting him in danger. Like there is a time when she is sort of be resentful towards him because he came into her life and she's been living like thirteen hundred years with like nothing changing, and suddenly things start changing. So people around her, the ghosts who live with her in the hotel, they're a bit nervous. They're like, "Wait, what if he causes you to, you know, finally pass on to the afterlife? Then what would happen to us? What would happen to the hotel?" So she's like, "You know what? Maybe let's get rid of him." So <laughs> the they put him in a dangerous situation, and she tells him, "Yeah," and she tells him that I'm not, I'm Talk not going to be taking your care hardcore of you. in-laws. <laughs> wow. So can I can I just take a quick moment yeah, to say actually. I'm I am watching this. I'm on episode two, but so please, no major spoilers. No, 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 no major spoilers. I promise. And anyway, the story is really nicely woven in um, a way that there are no major plot twists. It's going exactly where you expect it to go, but is doing it really well. And also, um, the backstory, uh, Jang Manol's backstory, as it's told, it's. Because um, Ayu's character Jang Manol would, w- was different in the past, and she's different now. So the, it's almost as if they are two different characters. So yeah. Anyway, I'm enjoying this a lot. This is great. It's gonna be over in two episodes. I'm gonna be sad. I'm most likely going to rewatch this. So this is just like a because fitting of redemption and, of the Hung sisters. Then, yeah, I would say. I'm afraid to say anything because again, haven't watched the last two episodes. Yeah, <laughs> so they know not to stick the landing before. So. <laughs> Right, yeah. because till now it's gotten so, and and it got better episode on episode. The initial episodes were a little shaky for me, probably because they were trying to find their footing. But I think just the second half was amazing. It blew by so quickly, and all the characters have been treated with so much care. I'm the characters that I didn't think had anything to make me feel for them suddenly became more sympathetic characters. I just so yeah, I'm I'm really hopeful about the next two episodes, but again, I I'm, I'm afraid True. to jinx it. Can I can I just read your text, uh, the one that you sent us? Uh, can I read it to everyone? <laughs> so, sure. Because we we complained a lot about Yojingu and his uh, ability or lack of ability in in romancing. Um, 
And then a couple of days after that, you sent the text saying, guys, your jingu has arrived. <laughs> so romantically. <laughs> I just laughed so, so much over that text. I think it was after that that I was like, okay, I'll watch it now. Yeah. <laughs> it was a good text. And the words of the woman herself, <laughs> he has arrived. <laughs> yeah, this is definitely tentatively going on my list of post-graduation watches. As long as you tell us that the ending is good. The atmosphere of it is really, like the atmosphere, the visuals. It's really, like you say, it's goblin-like, but where goblin was like full-on drama... This has more of that sort of magical mm. fantasy type of... It's going more sort of for the slightly lighter, more fantastical rather than that mellow kind of thing. Yeah. But yeah, I'm, I'm excited to carry on now. Mm. Next. Oh, I have one more drama uh, that I want to talk about. It's, it's Level Up. So I watched it, the complete thing. And um, Sunghun was great. I've actually enjoyed the story. Um, Anissa, I think you started it before me, right? Yeah, and I watched up to episode six, and then, like, I just got distracted and I never got back to it. Not because I didn't want to watch it, but just, like, life was very busy. Okay, so this is more of an office story than a, a rom-com or anything like that, which is fine. I'm, I find that I generally like office stories. Like, I also started Chief Kim recently. I, I've been hearing such good stuff about it, but I never got to start it before. And I have now, and I'm so glad I did. I, I love it. But so, Level Up is great, the only problem is like the story itself is great. I mean, it's there are no huge conflicts, nothing. It's completely driven by Sanghun's character. It's it, the story is pretty much like every single aspect of it has something or the other to do with Sanghun or his character Andante. The issue that I have with Level Up, uh, this is less of a review of Level Up, which, you know, again, uh, cutesy office stories. If you like watching it, watch Level Up. Uh, the, the gaming aspect of it isn't really fleshed out. It's less about gaming and more about intellectual property theft, I suppose, or like battling out corporate espionage in, in a mm-hmm. sort of a low-key way. So, yeah, not really about gaming that much. There is this one point when there are two characters battling um like they're trying to figure out their superiority by battling uh, uh in a game and uh this dude like Sunghun's character beats this other character who's been developing games and he's never played ever and the justification for that is that he is so committed to his work that he can even pick up something like gaming which he's never done just because he's so committed to work and he's a genius. <laughs> so it's it's that level of... Yeah, that was kind of dumb. Yeah, that was, it's, it's yeah. that level of Sunghun um, um, fan service. But here's here's the issue. So this is what I wanted to talk about. I have noted, I've watched three dramas with Sunghun in it at this point. I think I might have watched more, but these are the three that I remember him in. One is My Secret Romance. The other one is the one where he gets kidnapped by that uh, wrestler girl who doesn't know how to wrestle <laughs> when she gets in trouble. Um, what's, what's that called? Uh, picked up a celebrity on the street. So sorry, Anissa. Um, and this one, Level Up. And a common thread that I've seen running through all of these dramas is that Sunghun's character is always the, the smart, the just one, the sensible one. And... Um, the successful one. And he can act and he's funny. He's got amazing physical comedy, as you said uh, before. So all of the, it's actually really fun to watch Sunghun. So, you know, that that's no small thing. It's I finished the entire drama, didn't I? But uh, it seems like he chooses scripts where most of the characters, but especially the female characters are just 
too stupid to live man like how are they how do they uh, how do they function they should be all falling flat on their faces <laughs> and dying just <laughs> my god they're so dumb and also for some reason in in level up they decided that the way women express their frustration at him because he can often be frustrating frustrating is by hitting him like dude got slapped like three or four times got hit on the head twice uh, and like five out of six of those times was by the female lead like just he could like beat up a lot and thing is that he was being frustrating and like sphinxish and not revealing information so there is justification for the anger but there is no justification for violence like this especially when it always portrays the women as these unreasonable uh, temperamental volatile creatures who are unable to mm. think things through and later on they always feel guilt i mean what what um uh I, and this is true for i'm um, also i i was had i've been watching um my secret romance like when it first came out i watched a few episodes and it it seemed okay and again i went back to it because people had been saying that it's such a sweet romance and all of that stuff and i was like okay fine i'll go watch it i i can't keep watching this thing man i i can't get through i think i've watched like what six or seven episodes or i know at some i, I mean I, i'm at at a point where the heroine is pretending that her younger brother is not her younger brother and the he and sanghun's character has started thinking that wait must be her child like and and therefore his child because they had slept together like 3 years back um and the heroine is not disabusing him because it's embarrassing to her to admit that the young child she's living with is her very young brother because she's embarrassed by the fact that her mother who by the way is is a ex porn star got married a lot of times and had a child at her age the, the heroine is ruining her own life because she's embarrassed of her mother wow you have to shout it's okay <clears throat> i also like in noble my love which no one should ever watch because it was garbage <laughs> which i mentioned to you guys before it was a web drama but it ended up on netflix um he also plays like this perfect rich CEO whatever and the woman <laughs> even though she's a veterinarian and that means that she must be really smart but actually she's also too stupid to live and the dynamics between them are like the worst the worst like the worst like 1995 gender dynamic it's the it's terrible I haven't watched Noble My Love but w- one thing I will say about Sohan's character in these three dramas that I have watched at least his character is always the least problematic one like his character always makes the most sense he's his is the one who always thinks things through is sensitive has dimensions it just all the other characters and especially the female characters don't require like fleshing out at all mm. apparently do you think that um that's not a function of his drama choices in the sense that he probably picks the role based on his character rather than all the others is what i have to think that he gets offered roles where there are female characters who go toe to toe with him and are also smart but i i don't want to accuse him of deliberately choosing god awful scripts because after all these dramas are doing pretty well so he is not wrong about that but he seems to be choosing dramas where he's shown to the best advantage even if it that even if that is to the cost of the other characters and that does seem to be deliberate choice at least from what i've seen 
of his script choices to now. Which that's possibly true. But I also wanted to point out that most, like, pretty much every drama that he's been a lead in has been either a cable drama or a web drama. Um, mm-hmm. When it's been stuff on like KBS and things like there's less of those, but also he's never the first lead. He's either like a tertiary lead or a second lead. So maybe these are the only lead roles he's getting because he's been typecast as a particular, you know, like his most famous um, role was as one of the lead, one of the romantic, like Shin Hae-sun's romantic partner in five enough or five children. Yeah. Um, And they were like the maknae couple on that so they weren't like the main couple but they're really popular so maybe and in that he plays like this really successful and arrogant golf player so maybe that's just kind of fit into this typecasting and maybe that is the only type of roles he gets who knows i mean i'm you might be right and he only picks roles like this i don't know um just a side note though before we move on from this in level up i there's something sanghun does that i genuinely like which is that his character is super uptight and uh, like you, you described him really well last time, but he's like, he does things um, where people are like, well, you know, you should be modest about this. And he's like, why? Um, so his character is really funny that way. Just his existence is funny, but he does something, I don't know, to, to further the comical effect, I suppose, where he speaks in this very particular way. And I was confused about whether this was a uh, I don't know, a, a, an accent that I had never heard, like of a particular region. I think Anisa, you told me that it's an affectation. It's not an accent yeah. at all. And it occurs to me that it sounds a lot like what uh, Jung Hyuk does, especially in Fated to Love You. Yes. Yes. I, you After you said that, I was like, totally. It does remind me of that. It's so <laughs> funny. So It's great. It is. It's, it's hilarious. Yeah. He is really good. I mean, I haven't watched the second half, but I did enjoy his performance the no, most. No, I agree. Yeah. Sung Hoon is actually really good. I just really want him to do a script that is not that does not have heroines or female agree. characters like this. Please. Just like I like you as a actor, please redeem yourself. Yeah, he should me. do something like, different. Not to now. Me, but just Do you think that's the level <laughs> of what he gets offered though? Yeah, that that's what Anissa said, and that actually makes sense. I I I agree. I don't want him to be the villain of the story. Okay, let's hope <laughs> for his sake that he's able to break out of this typecasting soon. Okay, Saya, you just finished Watcher, right? Um, I'm actually <laughs> I'm not going to say a lot because um I'm uh, my brain is really wrung out from all of the words that I've sort of pushed out this month. So. By the time this yak comes out, I'm sure my review will be up. I did a mid-series review, and I'm working on a finale review of this, so you can go read both of those on Brahma Beans. But what I do want to say is, it's it's really difficult to, especially to people who aren't watching, it's very difficult to summarize or just really talk about it um, in a in a general way beyond what I've already said about it in in last month's yak. But so like if I say anything more than that, you're just not going to get it right now because it's so complex and everything is so interrelated and it's just going to be I'm going to be saying words and you're going to be like, okay, carry on. Um, (laughs) But what I do want to say is it it finished last week and it is like from beginning to end. It's just excellent. Like it's so very excellent. I haven't watched a drama this detailed and complex and in a way that works that I felt so satisfied by the end for such a long time um and like a lot of people will say uh, the same Mm -hmm. about Forest of Secrets but I didn't actually feel that way about Forest of Secrets so I feel the way a, a lot of people felt about Forest of Secrets is how I feel about this show and it's just like 
everything about it, it's so well done. Um, and like Kim Hyunju in this, she just killed this. She is amazing. And she's probably my favourite character of the year. Um, but the whole... It's so That good. makes me so, so happy. Good. I mean, I love hear. seeing women in these roles. And they're like these ambiguous, um, morally, like, opaque. Like, you can't see through them. And all you've got is what they tell you, but you're still trying to read them. Um, and, like, their histories are, like, so hidden from you, yet you get little pieces of it in ways that, in a way that's just really tantalizing without being um, annoying. So, like, like the, the whole, like, center of the story is sort of unfolded piece by piece until you get to the middle and you're just like, I get it now. But also there's still so much more inside the, like, the heart of it that you haven't got to yet. Um, and, and the way that it was finished, it was totally, like, a, a, a completed story, but it, it, there's enough in there that I feel like there could be a second season. And I think it's well worth a second season. And I really hope they get it. And like Anissa, you were saying that you have this irrational dislike of Sogangjin. If you disliked him before, if you watch him in this, I feel like this will undo any negative feelings you've ever had about him. He's amazing. Yeah, I think if ever I was to watch something with him in it, like I definitely want to watch this show. It's really good. And Hansok Kyu, you know, I was talking about his like ambiguity last time and like the way he crossed the line and how all of right. that all of that is very relevant and how I felt about it was very relevant. None of it was like accidental. It's all going somewhere. Okay. So Okay. That's good to know. Excellent show. Nice. Oh, I wanted to add one more note about something I forgot to mention at the beginning because I wanted to uh, when you were talking about Mulan. Just for anyone who's a reader, um there's a new book that's coming out by Sherry Thomas, if anyone has heard of her I remember the burning her. sky books yeah she's so good i love her as well and i've and i've read her like uh, her romances her romances right yeah. i don't yeah i haven't read her romances but i do like her fantasy is like my perfect read so um she's got this book coming out called uh, the magnolia sword yes. uh, which comes out on september the 10th um which is a ballad of mulan retelling yeah. um so i'm excited about that so if anyone wants to read it and come back and tell us about it, Barma, you're probably going to read it soon, yeah, I, sooner than I am. Yeah. <laughs> oh, I do like her romances, and I didn't know she, that she was... I thought she oh, was she's white. half Chinese. Yeah. I oh, thought that as well. And I was like, why is she... Like, why is a random white romance lady writing this? And then I, <laughs> and then I went to Goodreads. Um, and no, she's half Chinese. Well, so all the... Um, yeah, Courtney yeah. Milan is also half Chinese. Oh, interesting. This writer, Sherry Thomas, she has such a range. Like, I love her romances, yes, but not quite as much as I love A Study in Scarlet Women, which was her take on, like, a, a female Sherlock Holmes. And it's it's do- it's oh, yeah. done so well. Ooh. And I just got the sequel. The sequel's come out uh, a, a while back, but I just got it so I, I can read it. And I, I'm really looking forward to uh, Magnolia Sword. <laughs> Oh, I'm excited yeah. to read something by her. I highly recommend, um, like, my the only one I've, series I've read by her, but I loved it, was the Burning Sky yeah. trilogy, which was just, I just loved it. It was really, really good. Yeah. Same, yeah, and it's similar genre to Magnolia's Sword in that it, way. It's, it's YA, right? It's YA, uh, yeah. YA fantasy. Yeah. Super cool. <sighs> 
think that wraps us up. <laughs> I'll have, like, no jokes this time? Oh, God, I forgot. No jokes this time. You want me to look something up? Oh, no, it's okay. We can, and you said, we can like, do no, it next time. No, I have homework. Yeah. <laughs> it's not that. Okay, let's, let's, let's just say, say bye. our thank yous and our bye's. Okay, thanks for listening, everyone. Bye. 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 <laughs>